0: I mean, I quite literally and physically can't at this stage in my life. And that's where my spring break essential comes in, which is Taste Salude. Say goodbye to the Sunday Scaries with Taste Salude's hydrating drink mixes. Listen, I started my spring break a little bit early last weekend when my best friend Allie came to town. But you got to enjoy flavors like cucumber lime, hibiscus, and they even have mocktails now. Say hello to Paloma and strawberry margarita. Filled with electrolytes and vitamins that support hydration and boost immunity with less sugar. I'm talking only one gram of sugar per stick. This is exactly what you need to get your Sunday fun day going, regardless of what the rest of the day entails. And here's the best part. They're sharing the love with all of my listeners. Enjoy 10% off your first purchase with the code SOFIA10 at checkout. That's S-O-F-I-A and the number 10 at tastesalude.com. Cheers to health this spring break season with Taste Salute. Back at it again. Oh my God, I am back in New York, my true home, the place where it all started, and the stories that I fucking have for all of you today. I hope everybody is ready. And welcome to Sophia with an F. If you could please hit me with a subscribe, rate, review. I'm self-employed, but I do kind of have a boss. And when you subscribe to the show, I get a gold star. And even more than that, I get in less trouble because I am always on the shit list. Shocking. I fucking know. So where do I even begin? Oh, my fucking flight over here. I was almost put on the no-fly list. Dead serious, I almost got kicked off of my flight. So I took the red-eye flight. And if you don't know what a red-eye is, it's when you fly late at night and you show up at your destination in the morning. So I got on the plane at 11 p.m. and did not land in the city until 6 a.m. 10 out of 10, do not recommend. So I'm sitting in the window seat. I put my AirPods in, grab my book. I'm like, just fucking get me to New York. I am exhausted. And this younger lady and her husband walk up. And I could just tell instantly that this lady was going to be annoying as fuck. She's sitting in the middle seat next to me. So she's between me and then this older man. And she asked the dude if he could switch places with her husband because they are traveling together. I'm actually like shocked she didn't ask me and and like a little bit offended. I must have looked really fucking miserable. Les miserables. So she asked the guy and the guy is like, sorry, it's a long flight. I'm not sitting in a middle seat, which I totally understand. For the fucking duration of the flight, she's Leaning over and talking over this poor man to her husband who's in the row across from us in a middle fucking seat also. Just so obnoxious, so fucking inconsiderate. Like, bitch, fix your fucking codependency issues. You and your husband will survive this flight without sitting right next to each other. I promise you, you will be fine. Oh, and then on top of it, the background on her phone And her laptop is a picture of her and her husband kissing each other. Throw up. Throw up in my fucking mouth. Anyways, I'm fucking exhausted. So I fall asleep right away. And I wake up a few hours later. And this is where things get really fucking good, you guys. I decided to hit my pen. Not a weed pen. You, you guys know I fucking hate weed. My CBD pen. Very illegal. Very, very, very illegal to do on an airplane. Very not smart. But you know what? This ain't my first fucking rodeo and I was going to do the shit so inconspicuously. There was no way that I was going to get caught by the flight attendant, okay? So underneath my mask underneath my sweater, like I literally put my head inside of my hoodie. I hit the pen. I wasn't out here like fucking blowing O's, passing a blunt around the airplane. I know what I'm doing. I hit the pen twice, fucking swallowing the smoke like oxygen. Not a trace in sight. I put my neck pillow back on And I start to close my eyes to go back to sleep. And I notice the lady next to me starts like frantically moving around and taps me on the shoulder. So I take my AirPods out and I'm like, what's up? And this fucking lady says to me, I saw what you just did and I'm going to tell on you if you do it again. Um, excuse me, like... Are we in fucking middle school? Oh, so you're A, threatening me. B, oh, you're going to tell on me. Like, sweetie, please don't let your anger out on me because you couldn't sit next to your husband who probably fucking hates you. We can all hear you typing away on your laptop, probably texting him while everyone's trying to sleep, like fucking slamming on your keyboard. We all hear you but I handled it really well. And you guys are going to be fucking proud of me because usually I am the most conflict avoidant person ever. But like something came over me. It was the delinquent Sophia from my past just took over. And I was just like, my attorney will get me out. <laughs> I wish I would have fucking said that. That would have been really epic. I did not say that. I just decided to gaslight the fuck out of her instead. And I basically was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. I was not doing that. You are crazy. To which she responded that she could smell it, okay? So then I said, hmm, can you explain the smell to me? I'm just, I'm still not understanding Because here's the thing, I know damn well there is no good way to explain what fucking CBD pen smoke smells like. Think about it. Oh, it smelled like, like how would you even explain that fucking smell? And as expected, she did not answer my question. She just kept like repeating that she could smell it and was going to tell on me. So I told her, I can't believe I did this. I told her that I had just put on some cherry chapstick and that's probably what she smelled and that she was confused. Then this is where shit got out of control. I thought 100% we were gonna throw down and I was gonna get arrested and like put on the no-fly list. She goes, well, what's in your hand then? Listen, unless you are a flight attendant or the fucking pilot, I am not answering that question. Who does this bitch think she is? Does she work for TSA? Is she going to ask to search my bag? What the fuck are we doing here? So like a fucking magician, I tucked the CBD pen behind my phone because I was for sure holding it and like she knew it. But you ha- you guys have to realize it's fucking so dark in the plane. It's a we're flying at night. So I tuck it behind my phone. I put my phone in her face and I said, why are you looking at anything I'm holding? I'm holding my fucking AirPods and my phone. Please don't look in my direction again. I'm not fucking looking at you and I dare you to tell on me. Ooh, Sophia. I knew I had it in me. So she just kind of sat there uh we did not say one more word to each other the rest of the fucking flight. And she just spent the rest of the flight typing frantically away on her computer, probably complaining to like her dumbass husband. And of course that bitch didn't fucking tell on me because she was embarrassed for being a fucking narc and I exposed her. mind your own damn business. Am I alone here? Because as far as I'm concerned, the person next to me on a flight does not exist. They would have to do some wild shit for me to say anything. (sighs) And I wonder why I got denied for global entry. Don't care. They don't fucking deserve me. That experience just like really reminded me that I'm just that bitch, you know, and I will stand my ground if I need to. Leave me the fuck alone, girl. Anyways, the bigger story is I'm back in New York. I did not realize how fucking much I have missed it. It has felt so good because I think I kind of lost a little part of myself or put a little part of myself away, you know, when I like moved back home and it came back. The amount of shit that has transpired in just a few days is just insane. I have ran into so many people, not to name drop, but I was eating dinner with um my comedian friend and Trevor Noah did uh, stop by the table to talk to us. Very attractive. The accent with the dimples, I mean, just sexy as fuck, but that's not who I want to talk about. I ran into someone very, very exciting. So I went on the Horrible Decisions podcast. And after the recording was done, I ran into Charlemagne the God and then Andrew Schultz. If you don't know Andrew, aside from being a comedian and a podcaster and whatever else he does, he was the guy I was supposed to go on a date with once who stood me up. And let me just say, after meeting him, he is everything that you would expect. He is exactly the type of guy who would stand a girl up an hour before a date. If you ever get stood up on a date, please, for the love of God, take that as a blessing. I mean, if a guy is going to do that, it says a lot about what type of guy he is. And it's honestly God's way of saving you from a waste of time and energy Believe me, okay? But him standing me up over two years ago isn't the important part. I mean, it's fucking hilarious, but that is not what I'm here to talk about. Listen to this shit. As I'm walking away, after greeting them like the nice civil person that I am, this motherfucker, Andrew, yells, sorry for breaking up your show. (laughs) And I'm like, what? I mean, I didn't say what. I said, please shut the fuck up, LOL. But this is what really grinds my gears. It's that egotistical, successful man shit that I despise. I just greeted you nicely. I have actively worked so hard to move past all that bullshit. And I'm in such a better place now. But you are so fucking lame that you said that shit to me as I'm walking away. Like you were all smiley and nice to my face and you shout that as soon as I start walking away. Pussy shit. I have said this before and I don't know how many times I have to say it. No man, okay? No anyone is the fucking reason the show broke up. That shit was a ticking time bomb and no self-inflated man can say that they were the reason for something that was so much bigger than them. Like, get a fucking grip, dude, please. Ladies, can we just please knock these men down a few fucking notches? Because in some way, shape or form, they will always try to take credit and get clout off some shit that has literally nothing to do with them. Woo! Guys, I pro- I just, this will be a positive episode, but I need to share the tea with my sleuts. And anyway, Charlemagne was really fucking cool and professional though. Love him. I'd love to work with him. Breakfast Club, hit me up. So that's my little New York update, you guys. <clears throat> oh my God, I'm like losing my voice. Well, let's get into the episode with my guest Robert Green who is a real gentleman and a real man and the true love of my life if you didn't hear last week's episode I highly recommend going back and listening to that first because we talk about a lot of thought-provoking stuff and people fucking loved it so let's get into the episode as always don't forget questions and advice by yours truly at the end Apartments.com believes having a gym in your building does way more than just get you in shape. It turns your entire life around and is a great place to scope out the hot guy that lives in your building. And by guy, I mean guys. Having a gym in your building makes it 10 times more likely that you actually end up, show up, and work out. I mean, it's five floors down or whatever it is. And you'll be saving money on a gym membership that you'll go to probably half as much. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live is easy. Apartments.com hosts more rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. Or a treadmill, for that matter. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Look, you've had a long day, your boss is annoying you, your boyfriend is accusing you of something you didn't even do, and your sibling is asking you for money. That's like an everyday thing for me. While I don't have all the answers, I do know that we have the power to change any situation we're in, in a flash, in a snap. We can turn it into a celebration. And a little glass of wine is just the thing to turn your day around sometimes. But of course, you just realized you ran out of everything. Luckily for you, our friends over at DoorDash have you covered. If you're in the mood to treat yourself or just want to make sure you are always hostess with the mostess ready, DoorDash is your go-to without you having to move from your couch. And it's convenient. Do you know how heavy a handle of tequila is? How about five of them? Exactly. Plus, the alcohol selection at DoorDash is top-notch you will find what you're looking for. Beer, wine, mixers, and even mocktails for the non-alcoholic girlies can be delivered straight to your door. So get your drinks in hand without lifting a finger with DoorDash. And use code SOFIA24 to get 25% off up to a $15 value when you spend $35 or more on drinks through DoorDash. For eligible users only, terms apply, must be 21 plus to order alcohol, drink responsibly, delivery and promotions available only in select markets. We talked about this briefly, but the sending mixed signals, and Robert, you tell me if I'm correct, because I think I've practiced this. I went to a party once and I remember it very vividly. I was talking with a guy and we hit it off right away and we were spending a lot of the night talking and I started to feel that he wasn't as interested or was maybe getting bored with the conversation. Maybe too many hot girls were joining the party, like whatever, whatever it was. He just started to get kind of fidgety looking around the room. So I took that as my, you know, my message. And I left and I went and talked to all the other men at that same party. I did not look in his direction. And let me just works like a charm.
1: If I had been whispering in your ear at that time, (laughs) it's exactly what I would have told you to do.
0: Good. Good. Thank you. (laughs) It's I mean, almost instantly he runs over to me and is just, you know, attached to my hip for the rest of the night, you know? Yeah. And so I think that's kind of a good example. But what are some examples that you think um, for sending mixed signals, maybe like earlier on in the seducing phase?
1: Well, actually, I would say more of what you did is another is another law in there, but like one afterwards, which is appear to be an object of desire. And use mm. triangles, so you got him excited by the fact that other men were maybe interested in you, and you appealed to his kind of competitive interests, and you kind of raised your value in his eyes. But mixed signals. If you're just some one-dimensional person, you just have this one personality that that people know you as. You're very gregarious, or you're very shy, or whatever. You know, we know you. We've pegged you. There's no mystery. We're not gonna we're gonna take you for granted, as I talked earlier. But if I sense that you're shy, but there's also another kind of personality trait peeking through every now and then that shows you're actually a very sexual person or whatever that kind of goes against the initial impression, I'm going to start thinking about you. And seduction is a game about making the other person think about you and fantasize about you. And once Mm. you have presence in their mind and they're thinking about you, You've gone halfway towards a seduction, and so you want to mix in a sense of mystery that they don't ever really know you completely. That there's other qualities in you that they haven't suspected, and it's not like if you're too if you blow if you go both directions if you're both angelic and sluttish or whatever you mm-hmm. seem insane you seem insane <laughs> no one and no one will go near you <laughs> right. if, it's just, if it's just a touch of that other quality then it seems like, hmm, I don't really know this person. They're worth me following. I'm, I'm kind of interested. I'm intrigued. It's like if you've ever watched a good movie and there's a character in there who suddenly reveals a quality that you hadn't suspected in them. Wow, you're surprised. You're excited. You want to watch the movie, right? Mm-hmm. So you're creating that same kind of dramatic impression where, wow, I didn't think that that person had that in them. And that's very exciting and very seductive.
0: Right. And and it's adding just, again, like you said, the dimension to someone, which is like really what we want. Is there a way to condense kind of, you know, this book just in terms of women needing to seduce a man on a first date? They want to get a second date. They want to get a third date. Like, are there things they can do on that first date?
1: Well, every man is different. So you have to kind of scope out, um, you know, what, what makes them an individual. Right. Um, but um, you have to realize, as you pointed out, that most men like the chase, right? They're excited by the chase. I mean, hundreds of thousands of years ago, we were all hun- all men were hunters, right? And so we basically remain hunters. We mm-hmm. That's what makes that kind of fuckboy that you first described to me. We're excited by the... We're excited by the pursuit itself. So the biggest mistake you'll make in that first date is by being too available, Mm -hmm. right? And by seeming like, you know, you've already been seduced by him. You already want him. It's going to be easy catch and easy prey. And so you need to do things like you did where it makes it seem like, "Mm, maybe I'm interested in other men in that room. Maybe there are other men interested in me, right? Right. So you want to like, initially you need to be able to take that step back. Right. And, um, you know, some men that won't work on, but I can guarantee you 90% of them it will. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, one thing that you want to do, one target that's very important that I can never insist on too much on is you want them to do 70% of the talking, but not realize, but not realize it. They think they're that they think you're doing the talking or whatever, but actually they're doing most of the talking. And I know with men, it's kind of easy for that because they kind of do a lot of mansplaining and they tend <sighs> to like want, they tend to want to talk too much. But if you can get him to kind of open up and talk about himself and talk about things that are kind of emotional to him, you know, mm-hmm. and that could be just sports, I don't care what it is, or it could be their childhood. People love talking about their childhood. And it gives you all kinds of really interesting information. If you know about his weird relationship with his mother or his sisters or something going on deep in his unconscious that he's not Mm -hmm. even aware of. So you want to be able to take a step back and let him feel that he, he can pursue you and up your value in his eyes. And you also want him to do more of the talking so you can get a sense of what his spirit is like and what motivates him and excites him. And also he will like that feeling that he gets to be kind of the star and gets to talk a lot. These would be some of the things that I think are very important, the initial date. I mean, there could be others, but that's what comes to mind right away.
0: Let him do 70% of the talking. Not to toot my own horn again, Robert, but I feel like on a first date, that is usually the way I play it. I think a, a lot of people love to talk about themselves and people don't realize that, you know, and they feel they need to be talking the whole time. But I always like to, without making it obvious, get deep, you know, right off the bat in the first date and get him to like really reveal things about himself. So I'm just a born natural. And you can't
1: can't be too obvious about it. You can't be asking a lot of questions that are probing. That can be irritating. It's kind of in the natural flow of conversation. They're not even aware that they're talking so much because you hit upon subjects that excite them, you know, whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. So yeah.
0: Yeah. I think a way to make it less obvious, and I know I do this, is maybe I'll make a remark about my childhood and then turn it over to them, you know, so it's more comfortable. Right. Oh, something you mentioned earlier, and I am so interested, as you said, form a triangle. And let them know that you're wanted by others. How do we form a triangle? The only thing I can think of is sending yourself flowers and pretending it's from a man or something in their presence. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of. Well,
1: you, you did it. You did it at that party that you were mentioning, or that bar where you went over and got other men. Okay, I will give you an example from my own life. Okay, the woman that I'm currently with. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this was some years ago. It was my birthday. And we had already had like I think two dates at that time. And I wasn't really sure if she was that interested in me or not. It was kind of it was kind of a bit confused. And so I invited her to this party, um, where I where I knew that eight of the ten people there would be these beautiful women <laughs> who were all who happened to all be my friends at the time, right? I love it. I knew, and she said later that it worked, you know. It gave me an aura that, you know, first of all, I, I could get along with women, that I wasn't just somebody who could only hang out with men, but also they were all very pretty, very attractive, very well-dressed, and they were clearly kind of interested in me enough to show my birthday party. And so it kind of excited her competitive interests, and it kind of upped her, my value in her eyes. Women can be very, very competitive, right? When yeah. they sense that a man is, other women are attracted in him, I mean, it's the classic case of the married man and the woman who only goes after the married man because mm-hmm. she knows he's already taken. And if he's already taken, that means other women have been interested in him. Therefore, I should be interested in him, right? Yes. So um, the way to create triangle is not that difficult. It's just to show that people of the opposite sex, if you're straight, are interested in you right Mm -hmm. and however you do that they can you can accidentally reveal a text from one of them (laughs) you know it shows up on your phone your phone happens to be there or an email or something or you have a photograph there and then who's that person you go oh that was my old boyfriend he was he's now this great rock star whatever you know i don't know (laughs) there's there's a million ways you can do it and and you don't want to be too obvious but the sense that other people are interested in you it's it's very simple if you're walking the streets of New York and you're trying to decide what restaurant you want to go to that night, and you pass by a restaurant in which there's, it's very large, but there are only two people inside. Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. What's going totally. to you pass a restaurant with the 30 people that are all drinking. They're all excited. Yeah. I'm going to go in there. It's only because we see that other people are interested in something. We're animals that are very interested in what other people possess. And that very much, um, overlaps, to love and seduction Mm -hmm. so good, appealing to their competitive interests however you do that and men are very competitive
0: yes yes and I have been so susceptible to that before um where I've you know looked up the restaurant beforehand on Yelp and it's the most incredible food ever and I see there's no one there and I'm like we need to turn (laughs) around there's some like I don't know what it is it was just so
1: ridiculous If you start dating a guy and you know he's he's never really had a girlfriend before or he's only had a girlfriend that only lasts like a few days, you know, red flags go up in your head. But if you hear he's had these three long-term relationships and all these other women interested in him, it sort of makes, well, maybe he's got more value than I thought he had.
0: And I think it's also important to point out, this is not just for single people listening who are dating. This is for people who are in relationships and have been in them for a long time. Yeah. You've said a second seduction is required. And I would love to hear more about that because I think it's so true.
1: So it's all a matter of balance. So let's say seduction has succeeded. You're now intimate and you're now seeing each other and it's been a month. Okay, you're going to turn down the temperature just a little bit. You're not going to be doing all of the same things. Mm -hmm. But every now and then, You have to take that person back to that original moment that created that spark with you, right? And when things begin, that's when they're most intense, right? That's when we're most excited. That was the most pleasurable and most exciting period, right? And you want to slowly bring them back to that moment to recreate it on some level. It's not going to ever be exactly the same. How do you do that? Well, surprises. First of all, in seduction, you're surprising the other person by a Mm -hmm. gift, but okay, now you're in the relationship. It's been several months. You're going to suddenly surprise them by giving them a gift like you gave them in the beginning that was very thoughtful, that appealed to their, you know, to who they were, to their personality, or you're going to take them back to that restaurant, or you're going to take them to another place that that is new and different and equally exotic and exciting, but not expected. So you want to do these little bomb surprises every now and then where the other person is kind of kept off balance and goes, wow, he still has, he hasn't reached that point where he completely takes me for granted and he's still trying, he's still putting in effort. Right. And you know, it can be in in little things in everyday life. So a, a major problem that will occur in a relationship is, you know, you're, you're, you're at the table and you're just in your smartphone and you're not paying attention anymore. And it's obvious that that initial attention it's kind of withered, it's kind of gone a bit stale. So what you wanna do is you wanna go the opposite direction where you sort of want to engage them in a conversation again like you did in the very beginning in which it's, you're, you're really trying to understand them I and mean, you're getting them to talk and you're getting inside their world, mm-hmm. their, in their spirit, right? And so mm-hmm. you do this every now and then. If you've been in a relationship for several years, you're not gonna be doing it every week. It's too tiring, it's too obvious. So you're going to slow this down as the years go by, but Mm -hmm. also, you know, every now and then do your strategy where you actually artificially instigate a fight just (laughs) so that you can, just so that you can have that moment of reconciliation. I forget the word they call it, you know, like reconciliation sex or whatever the word is. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Makeup sex. Yes. Thank
1: you. Thank you. That's much (laughs) more poetic than mine. Um, You know, so you'll instigate even a little bit of fight, a little bit of drama to shake things up. Because I think what what really makes a relationship go stale is that there's no more drama. There's no more surprise. So every now and then you've got to completely shake up that stale dynamic that tends to inflict all relationships.
0: Right. You're always playing a game. The, the games never end, really, ever. You know, you, you still have to play them. What I'm dying to know, out of all the seduction techniques, which do you find the most important or which one, you know, they could just take one away. And I know it's hard to answer, but like in a nutshell.
1: Well, it's it's in the initial phases and I call it enter their spirit. And I already kind of touched upon it. Mm -hmm. But I think it's the most important one of all. Because think of it in your daily life, in in your job, in your work, et cetera. People are never really paying attention to you as an individual. Now, Sophia, as far as I know, you have your own world, your own thoughts, your own desires, you have your own childhood, your own weaknesses, your own strengths, Mm -hmm. right? But no one's ever paying attention to it. No one's ever signaling that they understand the inner world of Sophia, they're not interested in it. And we go through life where people, even our parents, don't even seem that interested in what's going on in our heads. So yep. to give another person the feeling just for a moment that you're not like that, that you think that it's very interesting what's going on in their head, you actually want to know more about what excites them, about what repulses them, about their values in life, their ideas. It is incredibly seductive, right? And so... Mm-hmm. I know a problem that a lot of men have and maybe women do nowadays is you're in that first date or the second date and you're talking, but you're actually hearing your own voice. You're always going, does she like me? Is she really that interested in me? Or, you know, my boss was saying earlier in the day, your thoughts aren't in the moment, right? Right. And the other person can pick that up. They sense it. They smell it off of you, right? And it's it can stem from your insecurities You think that you're trying to please them, but you're really just worried about yourself and what they're thinking about you. And instead, if you're just thinking about them, if you're absorbed in their words, absorbed in their life and their experience, and you're trying to pick out, I say in a conversation, you wanna pick out these little nuggets of information that people will inevitably reveal. It won't be necessarily in the exact things they say. It'll be in their tone of voice and their eyes. They talk, talk suddenly about this old boyfriend or girlfriend of theirs, and suddenly this emotion starts coming up. You want to mm-hmm. feel what, what these things are, and you want to pick out these nuggets. And then later, you have information that you can go back to that will reveal that you were actually listening to them in the conversation. So the next day, you say something that you had heard the day before It was just something sort of said off, you know, off, offhand. And you return to him and you go, wow, he really was listening to me. That's amazing. Nobody ever listens to me. Right. I think that chapter on entering the other person's spirit is by far the most important seductive technique.
0: Wow, 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 wow. So brilliant, Robert. I cannot thank you enough for coming on my show. My listeners are going to love this and they're going to love you. Um, I, would, I need to have you back. I need... Professor Robert Green to do a Slew University. <laughs> or maybe we can co-write a book, Robert. When when your next book launches, we can do it right after.
1: Um, what, what, what will that book be about?
0: <laughs> it will be the 50 laws on how to seduce the fuckboy, get him to settle and be a Slew. It, it will be all those things, 50 laws.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> all right, let's do it.
0: Okay. I can't wait. Robert Green, everyone, he just said he's going to co-write a book with me. We have it recorded. Great. (laughs) Um, Robert, you have a book that is coming out like very soon.
1: Oh, right. So what I've created is a book in which every day of the year, there is an extract from one of my books or from blogs or podcasts like yours, in which I'm kind of explaining sort of an essence, like we discussed here, One of the months has to do with just seduction. I'm sort of explaining the essence of an idea. So every day you're going through this kind of calendar, just beginning January 1st, or whenever the book is in your hand, and you're kind of meditating on this one kind of realistic perspective on seduction, on power, whatever it is. And it's kind of of inculcating you, educating you in my way of looking at the world. And um, I'm hoping by the end, because when I write a book, I'm not just trying to entertain you or give you a lot of bullshit information, which is what happens in a lot of self-help books. Mm-hmm. I know this sound this might sound a little bit arrogant, but my idea is I want to change how you think. I want to get inside your head and change how you literally look at the world. So this book is designed to take you through the main issues in your life, your career, your power games, your problems with influence and persuasion and seduction and your inability to understand the people you deal with and kind of absorb you in this other way of thinking. So by the time you've gone through the whole year, you'll be a different person. I mean, that's sort of the ambition of it.
0: I love that idea, especially because there's so much knowledge in a book. And, you know, I always am like, I need a refresher. I need to like go back and look at this chapter. And this way every single day. I can, you know, be meditating on a certain aspect. I think that's brilliant. So the daily laws, October 12th, everyone needs to go get it. Trust me. Um, Like Robert was saying, this is not cookie cutter, you know, basic knowledge. This shit is banned in prisons. All right. Let's just put it that way. There's a reason
1: (laughs) That, that gives me instant cred, doesn't it?
0: Yes. There's a reason they don't want this book in criminals' hands, okay? Because it's well, that well, good. Particularly,
1: well, particularly The Art of Seduction.
0: Ah. I know. Right. <laughs> I saw.
1: I saw. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway.
0: thank God we're not in prison. Um, and Robert no. is going to be teaching at Slew University. Robert, we're going to humble really? salary. Humble salary to start.
1: Is there a SLU University?
0: Yes, there is it's not a real university but it will be one one day. This was a university <laughs> yeah. of sorts.
1: Okay. And I I'm, I'm like a visiting professor. Yes, you are. Okay. And you nailed okay. it.
0: I can't pay okay. you that much but, you know, we'll give you 10 year, oh. we'll give you all those things.
1: <laughs> we'll figure we'll figure something out.
0: Yes. Okay, Robert, thank you so so much.
1: Thank you, Sophia.
0: excited about this one guys I'm getting in my grown woman bag I'm entering my wifey era at full speed and no one can stop me because I've been investing in myself and in my kitchen I used to buy the absolute cheapest cookware I could possibly find and mm. -mm. Mm -mm -mm, not the move. The move is high quality, thoughtfully designed, non-toxic and incredibly cute cookware from, drum roll please, Great Jones. You are welcome. Great Jones cookware is so stunning. You will actually want to cook. It's like getting a new super cute slash hot workout set you'll be at the gym later that day no question my dutch baby from great jones aka the cutest baby pink dutch oven in the color taffy i keep that shit on display that is when i'm not using it the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she is returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and the brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, wider-looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit – Lumify Redness Reliever eye drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just 1 minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, wider, and more awake for up to 8 hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out LumifyEyes.com to learn more. I want to get into S.O.S. Save our sleuths where I answer questions and give advice, good advice, bad advice, advice that fucking works, and... Uh let's just jump right fucking in, okay? Number 1. Hi Sophia, you gorgeous bitch. You know I left that in there on purpose. Every time I go out, and especially when I'm drinking heavily, I always put my foot in my mouth. I either let some gossip slip that backfires, or I say something totally taboo that people don't normally talk about in social settings, and I always end up embarrassing myself. How do you read the room and keep yourself from saying something that may ruin your reputation? Please help, Slew. Love you and love the pod. Here's the thing with gossip. This is my take on it. If you have an occasional slip up because you are way too drunk, that's not good. Like, that's not cool at all. Hopefully, the other person was just as drunk. So they don't remember, or you can blame it on, you know, you being too drunk and say you made it up and it was a lie. And I hope and pray to God, like it wasn't something too personal. The bigger issue with this question is gossiping to get close to someone. I see this all of the fucking time. Especially, like, if you have, like, social anxiety and you can't fucking handle, like, a silence or a pause in the conversation or, like, a people pleaser. So you gossip to, like, make up for that. You do it because you're hoping that they will relate to it. So then you guys have, like, this common bond and that's something—you need to fucking change, But it sounds like sometimes you're not gossiping. You just say something outlandish for the people you're talking to, right? Because I mean, I'm thinking about myself and the shit that comes out of my mouth. Basically, 87% of what I say would be considered like taboo at an average, you know, dinner table. So it's kind of a foreign concept to me, but I think you need to learn to gauge the room. There are certain things to look for. If you're with your really close friends and they think what you say is taboo, mm, you might want to get like other friends you can talk to about that. They might not like be really good friends, whatever the fuck it is. There are certain aspects to look for. Are you talking to young people? are they drunk as fuck? Because then you can like get away with whatever. I mean, you could say some wild shit and like no one will give a fuck. But if these people are maybe, you know, more sober than you, which I know, honeybee, you can tell if people are more sober than you in that room, then that is a moment where you need to keep your mouth shut. And trust me, just like Robert Greene said, They love talking. Just ask questions. Do you know how easy it is to sit there and ask questions and make people think you care? And then that makes them like you more. That's all you got to do, baby girl, until you get your drinking to a level where you can like talk normally and not spill gossip and not feel like you need to put your foot in your mouth. A lot of this will come with age. So don't worry, young grasshopper. Sophia, I'm here. I've got you. All right, next. Hi, Sophia, queen of the sleuths. I nearly almost got fired today, and I can directly blame your podcast for it. I work part-time for a client to post on his business's Instagram page, Well, today, I was screen recording something from his website to post on the Instagram page. I clipped the video, posted it, and didn't think about it again. Three hours later, I get an email from my client saying, the audio on the last Instagram post is not suitable for work. And that is when I realized, dot, dot, dot. I was listening to your podcast when I screen recorded the video. They had already deleted the video, so I quickly went into my photo album to see what the damage was. I had my fingers crossed that maybe the audio on the screen recording didn't include anything too inappropriate. Nope. The first thing I hear is Sophia's voice saying, I would uninsert his penis from my vagina take the condom and start strangling him with it. I was so mortified. The worst part is that I have no idea how long the video was up for before he deleted it. Miraculously, I was not fired as a client as a super chill guy, maybe a secret slew, in my defense, I had no idea that a screen recording would pick up what I was listening to on my AirPods. Anyways, stay sluty, but don't be stupid like me. I, what in the actual fuck? Okay, first of all, am I just old or I am just inept when it comes to technology? Someone get this girl a PR package. Like, what the fuck? I want to point out, I didn't realize screen recording would pick up the sound. So now we all fucking know. And this is why this fucking podcast is imperative because I bet a lot of you didn't fucking know that. Oh my God. I'm like thinking back to any video I've sent in the past week and I'm like sweating. Like I'm getting anxiety. But you know what? I think your boss is a secret slew or is on his way to becoming one after hearing the audio. I mean, how could you not? And maybe this could be like a bonding moment for you guys. You know, you guys listen to the show together. You fuck in his office, super hot. Regardless, thank you for telling me this story. I really, truly love you. But real advice, if you're dealing with old people, which I'm assuming you are because they're having you like run the page... Just say like it was a hack or like a tech fuck up. Nothing on your end. Something to do with Instagram. I mean, Instagram was down all day yesterday. You could fucking say anything you want, you know? But good luck, Slu. All right, next. Hi, Sophia. You DM'd me. P.S. still fangirling over that. Love you, girl. I need some help. Recently, I've been really feeling like I'm ready for a relationship, but the problem is that I'm usually super picky and can never find someone I'm interested in. I finally found someone I find attractive and added him on Snapchat, and I'm not sure how to make the first move. I'm a very friendly, flirty, and outgoing person when I meet people in real life, but for some reason, it doesn't translate online. I get really shy and end up leaving people on delivered—not read—delivered for hours or not even messaging them to start. So, my question for you is How would you hit up, quotation marks, someone online and stopping so shy? How do I hype myself up to make the first move and make sure I bring out my outgoing self over a message? Love you, Soph, and seriously look forward to every episode of the podcast. All right. First of all, I think it's super fucking cool that you are confident in real life and not as much online because nowadays it's become the complete opposite for most people. So there's that. But with that being said, you're behind a screen, baby girl. This is when you can really fucking fake it till you make it and be confident because worst case scenario, you just throw your phone At the wall or in a river, or you know, across the room, and tell your friend that you want to die and like go to bed. That's easy shit. The not so easy shit is when you do that shit in person. But to be honest, I think you're overthinking it because over text message and like messaging is where I really thrive and I really like to like fuck with dudes. You know, I just let myself be super weird and I just use my humor and like, I don't really give a fuck because listen to this. And this is the most important thing I'm going to say in this answer. They don't care how you act via text message. I know it sounds fucked up or DM or Snapchat or dating app. They don't really care how you behave on there. They care about your profile and your profile pictures. That's just how men are for the most part. So you could say some like outlandish shit like, oh my God, babe, I live next door. I watch you walk home every single day. You're so cute when like you pick up broccoli from fucking Walmart. You could say that shit and they'll be like, oh my God, This bitch is nuts, but she's like, I think she's cute. So I'm going to like go on the date. So this is the last thing that you should think about. This is the time that you should not think about how you're texting or talking or acting at all. I would message on Snapchat straight up and be like, IDK, why even added you on here? I've never used this app. What's your number? He will send it. And then you text him something like, hey, guess who? Or literally anything. I dare you to Snapchat him like a fucking emoji of the meditation girl. Or like, what's like the craziest emoji? The fucking like a smiley face emoji, but it has like bubbles all over it. Like it's disappearing. Text him whatever the fuck you want. He will respond. And boom, there you go. Just have fun with it, honestly. And if you're that bad of a texter, which uh me, hi, give him like a special vibration on your phone so when the messages, you know, hit you, you know it's him and you will answer. All right, girl, you got this. But definitely you need to move the convo over to iMessage or fucking green text Android, whatever that is. Send things worth responding to, which really doesn't take much, honestly. Watch it. It will work. Send him a picture of anything. It's a challenge right now. If a guy hits you up on a dating app, send him a picture of a shoe, and we'll see how it goes. Ooh, everyone's about to get a lot of feet pick requests. All right, next. Sophia, I need your help. I think my pussy is too small. Okay, backstory. I had sex in high school once, or at least I thought I did. I really only felt the tip. And then, after a couple thrusts, he came. I bought a dildo to try things out, and I could never get the full dildo in me. Just the tip a couple times. i lube it up, get it wet, and try to slip and slide that bitch in, but no luck. I want to get back out there, but I'm scared that if I try to fuck a guy, his dick won't fit. I'm in nursing school, and in one of my classes, we looked at diagrams of vaginas, and I realized my hole is way smaller than the pictures, and I found out that the average vagina is supposed to be 1.22 inches wide. Mmm. Mine is the same size as my butthole, this question. Definitely less than an inch. Is that normal, or should I see a doctor to see if my vagina has something wrong with it? There is never anything wrong with your vagina. Let's start there, okay? I don't care if it's big, small, wide, tiny, flaps that go down your knees, no flaps, You have a vagina, love it, live it, breathe it, live, laugh, love. We have been made to feel like we need to be ashamed of that shit. You don't need to. I'm trying really hard to not be jealous right now because I wish I had this problem, but I believe you 100%. You are not one of those like, oh my God, my pussy is so tight. I can't use tampons, girl. I mean, I can just already tell by your question. Your question is legitimate. This is what I would say. Don't let your first time having sex or the dildo you tried to use deter you. Dildos are weird because I will admit to that. You really have to like relax your vagina, vagina, vaginal muscles, pelvic muscles, pelvic bone, whatever it is, you have to like angle the dildo a certain way and just like a bunch of shit. So don't base it off that. I think you should take your tiny, teeny, little tiny vagina out for a spin. And I think you should test it and try it out because even if you want to try it out on a guy that you're not that comfortable with and like you haven't been dating him, who cares? If you barely know the guy, that is a perfect candidate. And if it ends up hurting too much or isn't fitting, then I think we can like dive in deeper into this convo because I just don't think a one-time sex thing and a one-time dildo thing, should deter you from experiencing what's out there. What I do know is that women have babies and that babies' heads are really big. (laughs) A newborn's head is pretty fucking big. I saw my brother come out my mom's vagina. I never want to relive that. It was very scary. Blood everywhere. Terrifying. I don't know why they let me in the room. Their heads are Definitely bigger than a penis and bigger than a dildo. So, if that can come out of your vagina, you can adapt and something can go in. I'm sure of it. The muscles can like adapt to what you're trying to do. So, don't get discouraged. Try it out with someone you're comfortable with. That's easy because you can be like, hey, bitch, go slow easy, I'm really tight, he'll be like, oh my god, I want to come because you just said that. Or with a casual hookup, I think you can try it. Or if you don't feel comfortable with that, I think you can also do it with just dildos or objects. A dildo, a vibrator, the rabbit, anything that can be inserted into your vagina safely just try to relax, light a candle, play music, whatever you need to do, and play around with it. Okay, sleuts that is it for today. If you can please subscribe and leave a rating and review, I swear I still have fucking people DMing me saying they left me one star because of, well, you know what and you know who. Haters gonna continue to hate. As always, follow me on social media, so if you have an F, Franklin with a Y, I'm going to have some fire fucking content because apparently I'm going to Tulum. Just found out today. I love you sleuths so, so much. Bye.